Cashflow Diary Podcast, episode 209. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. The podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leveraged streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey. All right, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. I am your host, Jay Massey, and I'm glad that you are here today because when it comes to building your cash flow, some things are hyper necessary. Those things are discipline. Ooh, man, he started the episode with a word that you didn't want to hear. And we also have to do things like marketing and learn occasionally new technologies with social media. You're like, oh, gosh. Please help me, Jay. I know. Well, here's the thing. I'm not going to help you. Today's guest is going to help you because all of us must add skill sets to the repertoire in order to be able to serve our customers in the best way possible. And today's guest is going to be able to help you and I learn a little bit more about doing exactly that. Today's guest is Lauren Bowling. And here's the thing. I want you to understand something. All of us start out in different industries often just to find out where we should actually be. So she left a job on Wall Street. Now, many of you are like, I'd love to be on Wall Street, but she was on Wall Street, but that sparked her interest in personal finance. And now she's taken that information, that understanding, and moved over into the content marketing and social media specialist space, which I think is absolutely awesome. And here's the thing when you can take Wall Street and bring it down to Main Street, that's called you and I. I think that's a special gift. I think that's a special thing that should be celebrated and shared because you and I, we know we need it. And one of the unique things that I love about today's guest is that occasionally her puppy, Murray, features on her blog as well. So help me welcome Lauren Bowling. Lauren, how are you there? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? So far, so good. Now, is Murray with us today? Uh, well, no, um, Murray passed away about a year ago. I have a new dog though. His name's Rue. Um, he's not here. They don't let him come into the office. Um, but, uh, he's my favorite, he's my favorite working buddy, but sometimes I'll be typing on my phone and he'll take his little paw, Rue will, and, you know, say, put the phone down, mommy and come play with me. So that's always a nice, that's always a nice reminder. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So, um, did did he ever get to like you know type an entire article? You should try that. See what what happened. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But I was painting my house this weekend, and I actually got mad at him. I was like, "Why can't you help? Why don't you have thumbs? Like you're just sitting there." <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I don't think you would like the help because the paw prints would end up everywhere you don't actually want them. Yes. So, yes. Exactly. <laughs> so, um. What I tend to do is, you know, I, I tend to ask some same questions. And this first one, you, you may not know, but don't worry. I promise you know the answer. I tend to think of, you know, today's entrepreneurs, of which you were one, 
a lot like yesterday's superheroes. You know, we have a lot in common with superheroes, entrepreneurs. Occasionally we get dressed up. Sometimes we put on a cape and we think about wearing tights and a mask, going around saving people uh, from, you know, uh, their own mess, using our special talents and abilities and skills, et cetera, et cetera. And I think uh, entrepreneurs do the same thing. Also, like superheroes, uh, superheroes start out usually somewhere else other than where they are today. They have an origin story. They begin, you know, maybe their planet explodes and they get shipped to another, you know, universe or something. Or maybe they get bitten by a spider. All of these things happen to them. My question is, before you were doing the content marketing, social media, and, and receiving all of these awards for your blog, etc., who is Lauren Bowling? Oh, before I became a blogger? Uh, I was an actress. I have a theater degree. I moved to New York to pursue that and uh, ended up having to take a job as an assistant at a Wall Street hedge fund um, to make ends meet. New York is a very expensive city. I famously moved there with, with $300 in my pocket and like a suitcase. Nice. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um, I worked there for about uh, a year and a half and... While I was there, I was an absolute train wreck with money. That was kind of part of my origin story on the blog is that I made a ton of money mistakes. I was addicted to shopping. I actually had to go to therapy for that. Um, but working at the hedge fund, there were all these great uh, financial role models, and they were doing really smart, kind of slick things with money. And it just, you know, the people personally that I worked with, and they were just so open about talking about it, um, that it really sparked an interest in personal finance. And so for compliance reasons, I wasn't allowed to blog or have social media really while I was there. But when I, I left that job, that was one of the first things I did was I wanted to start writing about money and make it accessible in a way for millennials and particularly, you know, female millennials to to read and relate to it. Now, you said something that uh, I think resonates well. It resonates very, very well with me. You said you were a train wreck with money. And I often have been known to say that every master was once a disaster. So at the end of the day, you've it sounds like you've turned a weakness into a strength. Yeah, that's one of my personal mantras is, you know, making lemonade out of lemons. Um, and I didn't expect it to sort of turn out the way that it has in terms of uh, what I'm doing on my blog, but for sure. And also the great thing about money is that, you know, um, it is controllable because it's finite. Uh, so there's a little bit more, um, a little bit more that you can do with it because it is so within your control. Like you can make good decisions and you can pay off your debt and you can and do the right things to put yourself ahead. And that's one of my favorite things about it actually, is that it's not really too much up to anyone else. You know, aside from emergencies, it's really all up to you. Yes, indeed. And I definitely appreciate the amount of that's what I meant by discipline, guys and gals, is that it, it's really up to us in a lot of ways. Because you and, and, and Lauren and I, we have something in common. We, we clearly have this habit or had this habit of uh, buying stuff. I like shopping, too. <laughs> I like shopping too. Let's just say that I'm on restriction from Nordstrom's in the Apple store for quite some time, uh, simply because I love those two places more than I should. But my question to you then, Lauren, is as an entrepreneur, would you say that you would be able to be successful if those things, first of all, weren't exposed and more importantly, dealt with? 
No, absolutely not. Especially as an entrepreneur and with cash flow being so uneven, staying on top of your finances, I find is incredibly critical. But then also sort of using my origin story to build this platform has also made me more successful as an entrepreneur. Um, I run a content marketing and writing services business and people who engage with me, they, I have all these samples of sort of um, content marketing pieces that I've written for businesses, but most everybody just likes to see my blog as sort of an example of my work and and sort of what I know, which is which is great because it's something I do even if no one paid me. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, and this is the thing that I like about that, uh, of what you just said. Oftentimes, we don't give ourselves credit for the history that we've already developed, or we feel as though if I'm not perfect no one's going to want to engage with me. No one's going to want to help, let me help them because mm-hmm. of all of these imperfections. But yet you're saying the exact opposite. You're saying it's because of my imperfections that I've gone through that actually creates the value or the value that I can bring to you. Absolutely. Um, and I also think, you know, on the internet, when you're having a voice, people want to read about, um, they want to read about the messy because that's real and people truly connect with that. Um, so even though at first, I know the first year I was blogging, it kind of made people cringe, like my family and my friends to read about all these things that I'd done with money that they didn't know had happened. Um, but now that it's out there, I'm having such beautiful open dialogues about finances and business that I don't think I would have been able to have had I not been honest in the first place. So, so did your mom call you and go, honey, um, you know, people read that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> or, or I can't believe you wrote that. Or, you know, what would people think if they, they read that? And I'm like, well, you know, that doesn't matter to me. I use sort of, if I feel okay with it, if my gut feels okay with it, then I'll publish it. If I write something and I'm like, eh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have, then I'll take it down. But I, I'm the only person that I listen to in, in terms of what content goes up on my site. Well, and then I, and it sounds like it's working for you. And those are the things that I find uniquely interesting. So where does this, you know, I think I'm right. Uh, this is the way that it needs to be. Where do you get that kind of courage and more importantly, uh, ability to, to stick to your guns? Where does that come from? I think I've always just been an incredibly headstrong person. And it's also been, I think confidence is, I really admire people who can just come out of the gate and be confident, but I'm much more of a person that my confidence, like trust has to be built over time. (laughs) And so once I started, you know, in terms of blogging and, and, you know, connecting with people online, throwing things against the wall and seeing what stuck, then that sort of allowed me to make more um, intuitive and also data-driven decisions in terms of like, what's going to work and what's not. But also my blog's more of, it's not so much from a best practice practice perspective. It's, it's more of a diary of my financial mistakes, you know, even my financial successes, like what I've done well, what I haven't done well. And I think that part resonates the most with people because, you know, you deal with money your whole life. Is it acceptable to think that you're going to make absolutely perfect money decisions for 80 years? You know, absolutely not. Um, And so I kind of keep that in mind that, I'm not perfect. And I I mostly just want to sort of encourage conversations and not necessarily come at it like this is absolutely what you need to do because personal finance especially is incredibly personal and it's different for everyone. Indeed. Indeed. So let's, let's talk about what we tend to call that superhero moment. There has to be this moment and, and your story where you 
decide that, you know what, what I'm currently doing, working here, is somehow stifling, limiting me, etc. I can provide more value. And you have this moment where you go, you know what, here's what I can do. And more importantly, I'm going to do it and actually ask people to pay me for it and see what happens. Tell us about that transition period. So I'm a baby entrepreneur. I just started working for myself uh, this past April 2015. I had been working in content marketing for about three years up until that point, And I realized that I wasn't learning anything new. I was a side hustler with the blog and, and my own sort of freelance writing business, but I hadn't really taken that anywhere. I was kind of just using it to to fund debt payment and that type of thing. And I just had this moment where I, I was just literally sitting at work and I was so bored. I could have cried. And I was like, you know, I was like, you know, my life doesn't have to be like this if I don't want it to be. Um, you know, I, I built this blog and it's, it's not, it's not big, but it's not small. And I did that myself. I'm like, what else could I do? And so I decided that I had enough clients coming in where I could, you know, make a, a living, not a great living, but <laughs> an entrepreneur living. Sure. And I decided, you know, even if I didn't learn anything new in terms of my skill set, like content marketing, social media, I'm sure I could learn a lot more in a year being my own boss than I could working from someone else. And I decided that that was worth more than money. And so I, I put in notice actually pretty abruptly. I think it kind of shocked everyone. And, you know, two weeks later, I was working for myself. And then that sort of once you're working for yourself and the onus is on you to make that money, like, boy, <laughs> boy, does it get real, really fast. <laughs> yes. My, my oldest daughter recently, um, uh, started college and she, I, when we were discussing it, she was, uh, we were asking, you know, are you going to stay at home? What do you want to do? That type of thing. She's like, Nope, I want the real world experience. And this is, this is while she was, you know, still a senior. She was like, I want the real world experience. And not soon after leaving, uh, she starts to call back going, why is the real world coming at me so fast that I'm just like, you asked for it. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. And that, that's exactly what you're talking about. I mean, it's, you go from, Oh, Hey, you know, I I just show up. I know two weeks from now I'm going to get paid to, Hey, I could do nothing today, but if I do nothing today, the I might still want to eat six months from now. So I got to do something. What do I do? And, and all of those reality checks start to to hit you in a very, very real way. So talk to us a little bit about that, because I, I know there's a number of people listening who are contemplating making your decision that you have just made. What were some of those initial things that you were like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And, but once you got there, cause occasionally sometimes we, we hype things up in our head that are way bigger than they actually are. And you're just like, Oh, okay. That wasn't so bad. Yeah. I'm glad we're discussing this. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of writing and podcasts and videos geared towards, you know, being an entrepreneur sort of glamorize it. It is not glamorous <laughs> working for yourself. I, I think there's like maybe 2% of people who are really motivated and really great at setting up structures and, and processes for themselves that make them successful, you know, work from home entrepreneurs. But I, And I thought I was going to be one of those. I'm very organized. I'm, I'm always on time with deadlines. Sometimes I get things done early. Um, but when it when I became my own boss, I started struggling with productivity. I... Um, I, because I had been side hustling and, and being a freelancer, I had a lot of 
processes that were very casual that wouldn't necessarily work for someone who needs a full-time income or needs to run a a legitimate full-time business. And so those were a lot of things that I struggled with. I also struggled a little bit with, uh, I think what they call business depression. I was used to working in an office and having these really close relationships with coworkers. And then, you know, you work from home and you work by yourself and a day goes by and the only person you've seen is your mailman and your dog. And, (laughs) and you get like very lonely and those things kind of all lump into it. And, and you realize like, I love what I do and I love working for myself, but I'm not quite as happy as I used to be. And so a lot of me being my own boss has been examining sort of what do I need to make myself successful. And so I've forced myself to network more. I'm working from a co-working space. So I get out of my house and I actually do things that day. And, um, and that's been things I never would have known had I not made the leap. So there's like good and bad to it, but there's definitely sort of this, I don't want to discourage anyone because I love being an entrepreneur, but there is definitely things about it that you need to know beforehand. Well, well, yeah, it, and again, I don't think we're discouraging anyone. I think we're just mm-hmm. telling them the other side of the coin that mm-hmm. very few people are willing to share or because it's very, very true. I mean, yes, do I get to hang out with my kids a whole lot? Uh, probably more than they would like. Uh, <laughs> do I see my wife Every day. Absolutely. Uh, and I've actually not seen our mailman because I didn't even go bother to check the mail. I just know it's coming and my wife's going to bring it in. So, <laughs> and we don't have a dog. So <laughs> it's like I'm pretty much in my uh, office or the area dedicated to, you know, the business, etc. And unless I choose to to go outside. So I, I can relate to that. You, you miss that human interaction, that contact after a while. That's for sure. But what I think was really interesting about what you said, and I hope everybody else heard it, is you said, what do I, and that's the thing, you put the responsibility in the right place, what do I need to do to make myself successful? And you realized, in my opinion, you've realized quickly, because most people don't realize as quickly as you have, that while, yes, the, the, the business environment, the corporate environment may be stifling in some way, you may not be learning as much, you still must find and develop uh, structure and processes that work for you so that you can be intentionally productive as opposed to, as you said, casually productive. And those two things are completely different. So what what were some of the things that you were doing before that you're not doing now that have aided in your ability to become productive? Okay. Now I've said it before, I'll say it again. Where you start isn't necessarily where you stay. And that's one of the things I want you to be open to as you go out there to build your business. I know for myself, we started as wholesalers. Then it became notes. And then it became raising capital and buying lots of single family houses. And as you guys know today, uh, we own apartment buildings, cell phone towers, commercial real estate. And we are continually growing. And, And in fact, part of the reason you're even listening right now is because we've decided a little bit ago to go, hey, who else is out there that we might be able to help? And how can we find them? And how do we put quality information in front of them so that they could have a shot at possibly in changing their life? And I just want to take this moment to say thank you to all of those of you, especially those of you in the UK and Papua New Guinea and Australia and Germany, as well as obviously the United States and Canada for just continuing to listen and being brave men and women going out there to build your cash flow. I appreciate every email, every Facebook message, every tweet, all of the things that come in and you guys letting us know what you're out there doing. It's really cool 
to hear. So let's continue to listen to what Lauren has to say that would probably help you and I just get in front of more of those individuals and most importantly, spread the message wide. So getting out of the house, whether I I come to a co-working space or I go to a coffee shop and sometimes I like to mix it up, you know, I'm not a corporate drone. I don't want to work from the same place every day. Um, That's been important because you get up, you put on your clothes, you get ready, you set an intention for the day that like you're going to do something. Whereas if you get up, you make a cup of coffee or in your PJs, it's, <laughs> it's very much like, well, whatever happens today is going to happen. Um, and I'm not saying that's for everyone, but that is kind of what happened to me. I also have found great success in theming my days. So I have a blog and then I have a couple of different clients. And so my blog gets a day and then each client gets like half a day. And so anything I need to do for that person, I'm doing it sort of in one chunk. And it's great because it allows me to focus um, and it allows them to sort of um, add on tasks if they need to, because I'm already, you know, covering it during that one time. I found great success with that. Again, may not work for everyone. Also having just sort of a personal to-do list because you're an entrepreneur now, you can make more time for like cleaning your gutters and getting your teeth cleaned and all of that. And then also sort of, you know, what do I need to get done today? And I try to only do five big things every day. And if I cross them all off, I feel great. And for me, because I'm so, I get really down on myself. If I don't do everything I commit inside to myself that I'm going to do, if I set that intention, I try to limit it to five. Um, Any more than that, if it doesn't get done, then it kind of it kind of sours the day for me. So just learning little things like that um, about how I work. I'm a morning person, so I have to get up early if I want to add anything extra, like working out. That's important. Um, that's yeah. interesting. No, no, no. That I think that's interesting because there's a. It sounds like there's a lot of self learning that has happened in a, <laughs> what I would call a very relatively short period of time, and. To, to know that when your you know circadian rhythms are working best for you is one of those key things, especially when you have so much freedom and control, it doesn't mean that you don't need structure and processes. Um, what I, I thought was interesting was the theming your day. I was like, huh, that's kind of, that's a new way of looking at it uh, for sure. Now you mentioned something uh, twice now. And I wanted to talk about this because uh, we were talking before we started recording, et cetera, about this. And it's been a concept that I've been somewhat interested in myself. Uh, share with us, if you will, a little bit about this whole co-working space. Um, so there's basically just spaces where small businesses, startups, single person entrepreneurs, can come and just sort of either rent an office with a door or you can rent a desk that has, you know, a filing cabinet or drawer, or you can just rent a desk and, and you don't get to keep your stuff here. And there's sort of like three different pricing levels. And that's sort of the norm of what I've seen. Cause, um, I tried out a lot cause I wanted to make sure I found a, a good fit and you come and, and you sit and you work and there's other sort of like-minded people around, which is great for networking. Um, because I'm a writer, it's often not as quiet as I would like, but um, it is good, <laughs> again, talking about that social interaction that, that we were talking about. And then also just having somewhere to go, I think, can be huge for sort of jumpstarting productivity. Um, 
because I know a lot of people, like, especially entrepreneurs, like we're excited, like we get up and we want to work, but then, I mean, everyone has days where you're like, I don't want to work today. And it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> and so having, you're like, well, I'm going I'm to get up and I'm going to go in for just like an hour or two. And then suddenly five hours goes by and you've actually kind of been productive on a day that you thought was just going to go to waste. So that's what I particularly like about it. And I find that everyone's like, oh, you know, they want to run lean. They want to run a lean startup and not spend any money. But I've easily made back what I pay in productivity um, because I, I'm working outside my home again. Yeah, there, there is something about that. There's something about not uh, or just that change of environment. There have been days like, you know, my wife, uh, I, I will tell her, hey, let's go. And we literally hop from Starbucks to Starbucks. And mm-hmm. we'll we'll stay at one Starbucks for, you know, a couple hours and it's like time to move and we'll switch and change the environment and we'll switch and change the environment. And that's that's the work day, hopping from Starbucks to Starbucks and, of course, occasionally stopping at the mall uh, in between uh, because, you know, you got to window shop if nothing else. I mean, come on, I'm trying here. Uh, at the end of the day, you, you get the opportunity to control so many more variables, but there are some variables that you have to be aware of that could be counter productive. So I have a question. Out of all the things that you could do, why use your, how did you settle on content marketing and and this social media specialist idea? Well, it's it's actually a great story. Um, So I was an administrative assistant at this hedge fund on Wall Street. I worked all through college as an administrative assistant for um, various doctors in Birmingham, Alabama, which is where I went to school. I didn't have a skill set. When I, you know, left my my Wall Street job and I moved back home, I was very much doing the whole quarter life crisis thing where I didn't know what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be. And so uh, my mom showed me this newspaper article that said, you know, ways to keep your skills sharp when you're unemployed. And I think that was sort of like her hint for me to get up and get a job. <laughs> but, but I took it as like, well, I've always wanted to start a blog. I've always enjoyed writing, and I was like, I want it to be about personal finance. I want it to be more than just sort of a generic lifestyle site that sort of documents who I am and wanted, what I want to do. I, I want it to have a message. And so I started blogging and, and uh, I found it fascinating. This was back in 2012, like learning about WordPress, learning about social media. I still needed a job. So I went in to interview for another administrative assistant position at a startup here in Atlanta. And I talked so much about my blog because I was so passionate about it that three weeks later, that CEO called me and offered me a job running the company blog and, and their social media handles. And and from there, this sort of career evolved. You know, I worked my way up to marketing manager, and then I sort of became a content strategist at another company. Um, and it was really, really great because I was able to get a whole new career. I didn't have to go back to school. And it was all sort of off this thing that I built. So I'm really, really proud of that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I like it. I like it. And we should uh, give a shout out to moms for dropping <laughs> very, very large hints that they often do. Thank you, moms. So tell us, uh, I, I guess, if you will, about that that first client experience, the first time you're like, hey, you, you're asking to be paid for this specific skill set. Well, I got very lucky because I was working at that startup as a content social media manager, I, I worked on staff with a graphic designer and she was side hustling and had clients. And, and one day she said, Oh, a client needs copy for their website. You know, do you want to do it? I'll pay you for it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do, <laughs> <laughs> do want to make more money. So yes. 
that started and and from there, you know, that client became a repeat client. Word of mouth kind of spread. I set up a baby website for my writing services. Um, I advertised it on my blog that I would take, you know, additional projects. And so from there, it kind of just grew. I recently paid off $8,000 in 90 days purely from side hustling. I would say like 90% of it was just money I made ramping up my side hustle, beating those bushes and saying, hey, you need, you need some writing done? I'll do it. You know? nice. And I, I took a lot of projects for a lower amount than I normally charge, but I was very motivated to pay off the debt very quickly. And so that strategy was very uh, useful to me. Indeed. Indeed. I like it. I like it. I mean, you, you've taken a very, I mean, you didn't, and you didn't go to school for writing, right? No, no, I didn't. Uh, I've always been interested in it. I took a couple of creative writing workshops, but no, no formal background in it at all. And it's definitely something I've gotten better at because I've had, you know, three years now of practice. I'm a much better writer now than I was in 2012 and hopefully I'll continue to, to grow and get better in that respect. Yeah, yeah, uh, you you shouldn't get worse. That would be bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the and, and here's the thing that I, I like about it is you you like you said you didn't have to go back to the school. You didn't go through the traditional schooling uh, education or formal education, if you will. It's more vocational learning by you know seat of your pants type of thing. So uh, now that you you've got this this content marketing and social media uh, going. What's it like in the process of actually adding new clients and learning how to go find them, attract them, and, and going through that process? I do a lot of a lot of cold emails to companies in sort of the financial services, healthcare, technology, because that's primarily what my background has been in uh, the last three years. And I say hey, you know, you followed me on Twitter or I followed you on Twitter and I was just, you know, wanting to talk to you. You know, do you need any help with your writing? Here's my website. I've attached a couple of white papers that I've written that I think fit well. It's it's a cold reach out, but it's like, it's sort of a researched cold reach out. You know, you can tell very quickly looking at someone's website, whether they have hired a professional writer or not, um, or if they have an active blog and social media. And now because a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs, like they're so inundated. They love outsourcing that stuff. Um, and a lot of people, it's hard for them to write if they don't love writing. Um, I think writing can be a very powerful asset, but I understand how hard it is for people who don't have an interest or think they're bad at it. So <laughs> <laughs> think they're bad or have proven they're bad, which is it? Uh, I don't, I, you know, I'm not sure. I won't, everyone I've met or that I've worked with, they'll send me things and they'll to, to sort of clean and tweak or is like a concept that they want to include in what I'm writing for them. And they'll say, Oh, I'm such a bad writer, you know, triple check this. And it's actually not bad. I don't think people are as bad as they think they are. But then I have met <laughs> a couple of truly terrible writers I think with writing when it's bad it's like really bad <laughs> and when it's mediocre it's it's passable you know but I think most people feel they're worse writers than they actually are that's interesting I probably would be in that category because we've slanted towards a video and audio that tends to be easier for for me personally and mm -hmm. then we take those videos and audios and turn those into our articles etc because to, if you had me staring at a blank piece of paper 
I'd be staring for quite some time. But put me in front of a microphone and suddenly words spring to life. They come right out and I'm like, ah, this is what we need to say. Don't even understand how that works. So who is that that typical person that uh, you you tend to work with, et cetera, and, and share your special talent? I work with a ton of startups, small businesses, um, typically the big corporations, they prefer to have a copywriter and social media person in house. Um, and I make, I don't, I don't know. I have this business and, and client works probably about, you know, 60 or 70% of it, but my blog does generate, you know, a nice income. Um, I rent out rooms in my house. I have this sort of diverse income pie and I like it that way. Cause when things shift, I don't have to sort of panic. Like right. if I lose a client, it's it's not it's not great, but it's not the end of the world. And I've taken great pains to sort of make sure that it's it's even and it's diverse. And because I'm an anxious person, I like things to be a certain way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, people who have a need, I think everyone needs a professional writer. I think it it makes your business a lot at least look and sound and feel a lot more legitimate. Um, particularly, I do a lot of B two B writing, not so much. B2C, um, but finance, healthcare, technology, those are sort of my wheelhouse finance because I'm a personal finance blogger and then healthcare and technology because that's just where I've ended up the last few years. I think that's interesting. Um, your, your, what do you call it? Diverse income pie? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> I, diverse I, income pie. Yeah. yeah I kind of like that. I kind of like that uh, because you, you're not relying on any one skill set or any one way to create uh, value. And I heard a little bit of a real estate play in there, it sounds like, if you're renting out rooms inside where you're living. Did I hear that correctly? Yes, you did. I bought a house two years ago, and my brother rents a room for me, and then we occasionally have a third roommate rotate in and out. And it's been great, particularly you know, as I've made the leap to being an entrepreneur to sort of have my mortgage covered. I think that's been been really key again because I'm anxious. It's nice to have sort of the basics covered. Um, so anytime you can do that, I would recommend it. Well, that's assuming we like our brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big question right there. And um, so I, I did that shock mom right there, where you're like, you're 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 seriously going to live with him. No, no, we're, we're really close. We're, we're, you know, a duo of siblings that actually get along and it, it amazes people. Um, I think my parents are really proud, um, cause he moved in with me right after he graduated college. So he was helping me out with the rent and then I was sort of providing a landing pad, you know, cause like your daughter just went off to college. That's really scary. And then when you get it up out of college, that's can be pretty terrifying, especially as you're looking for work. So it, it's all worked out. Yes, yes, indeed. In fact, uh, she just sent me an email yesterday saying, uh, letting me know that she she she's getting her first job right now, and she's all <laughs> freaking out. It's gonna be with people I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's kind of usually how that works. So, uh, lots of fear, lots of things, but you're handling it well. And this transition period can be a period where a lot of entrepreneurs, for those of you listening, get completely knocked out of the box and quit. But yet you've not done that, and I commend you for it. So now I, I have to ask the question that you probably ask yourself from time to time. For With all of the things that you've been through, with everything that's happened, would you say it's been worth it? 
I think you're catching me on a, a good day, but <laughs> <laughs> I love the candor. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, absolutely. It's been worth it, particularly because, you know, when I was talking about the moment that, that led me here, I wanted to learn. And if we look at it purely from that perspective, I have learned a whole hell of a lot in the last, you know, five, six months. Um, so in that perspective, I feel very successful. Have there been moments where I felt like throwing it in? Would it be easier sometimes to go get another job? Yes, but I, I have to go back to my purpose. Um, I've always wanted to work for myself, and I also want to spend more time growing my blog, and that's what it's all for. And so whenever it gets tough, I remind myself of that, and I do think it's worth it because, you know, head and shoulders, I've been able to grow my blog and my income working for myself. And, and, you know, when you work for someone else, your income is very limited and, um, like you can only make so much. So indeed, uh, indeed. that's a long answer, but yes, I do. No, no, no. Care. I agree. I agree. And, and more importantly, you get to hang out with Rue that much more. Mm-hmm. And that's gotta be fun. It is. It is. And I think he's getting spoiled though, because I was at home all day and then I, you know, I started working outside of the house and he's like, where did you go? Like, why are you not home with me all day now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I can, I can actually see that happening. I, I can see that happening. Him getting a, just a little upset. Like y- y- we did not discuss you leaving. We, you did not clear this with me. You're supposed to hang out all the time. And he doesn't understand. Sometimes you just need adult company. Yes. And he's a poodle. And they get very moody. And so sometimes I'll come home and he'll sulk for a little bit because <laughs> I was gone all day. So I'm going to punish you now. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to punish you for leaving me here. Watch me sulk. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. funny. That's pretty funny. So uh, for for those that are listening and have listened this far and w- would like to to engage with you, maybe they're, they're thinking, oh, you know what? I, I could use... Uh, someone to help me organize my thoughts and put them on, I was going to say paper, but it's not really paper anymore, uh, but put them down and, and, and get them published. Uh, how, how can they track you down? What, what's their next step to, to you know, figure out what you're up to? Sure. So my company is called Beehive Content. That's beehivecontent.com. Or if you'd like to read my personal finance blog, that's LB, that's B-E-E as in Bumble, and themoneytree.com. And if you sign up for my email subscriber list, you get a free Grow Your Money Tree toolkit and some really fun Excel spreadsheets that I like to use to sort of track my income. So there's that if you want to learn more. So now I've got to ask you uh, the, the one of the final questions here. You know, occasionally there are individuals who are listening and, and they're, they're standing, let's pretend for a second, they're standing in front of their superhero store. They're, they're wanting to pick out their own outfit. They're thinking, yeah, okay, I want a cape and I, maybe I want a mask and uh, all these types of things are going through their heads. But they still have that voice and you've been very familiar with that voice, especially recently. But they have that voice in the back of their head. Is this something I should do? Is this really going to work? You know, maybe now is not the time. I, I can just wait. But they still have that urge inside them, and it's calling. What would you say to that person right now? Well, I would tell them that urge is never really going to go away. (laughs) Whether you give into it right now or down the road, it doesn't matter. But I think there are certain things within us that are very inevitable. I think if you want to be your own boss, that's kind of an itch you absolutely have to scratch. So I would tell that person to just give in. Um, my mom, I do mantras every year and she gave me this great one this year that, that I repeat every day and it's called give yourself permission. 
Um, and I love that because it's like, give yourself permission to work for yourself. Give yourself permission to dream about starting your own business. Give yourself permission to put things in action to make that happen. I think a lot of times we say, oh, I can, or this is holding me back, but it's really just us. Like we're holding ourselves back. So um, give yourself permission. I like it a lot. Sometimes that permission is just simply give yourself permission to step into the greatness that I believe you were born to be and uh, go out there and share it with the world. So I definitely appreciate you, Lauren, giving yourself permission to not only be here, but share with us your story and all of the details that go along with the transition and uh, just being the awesome person that you are. Well, thank you, Jay. It was great to be here today. This was fun. (laughs) Excellent. Glad to hear it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time for you to move at the speed of instruction. What does that mean today? It means LB in the money tree is probably a place you need to get to. And some of you, you know you've had that excuse. You've been saying, I would start my blog once I learn how to write, once I didn't learn how to do this. I'll start my website. I'll do this once I have X, Y, and Z. Well, I think you just found a person that could help you with that X, Y, and Z, remove one more excuse off the table, and most importantly, get you out there sharing your superhero power with the marketplace. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun talking to you today. I definitely look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time.